Hello, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club, and I'm your host, Joel Edwards. We have a really special episode today. We have another woman guest. That's We need more, but I think we're up to three now out of the small amount that we had. So we're looking for a little bit of a higher percentage, hint, hint to the people listening. If you know anyone out there, we would love to have them. And we have a team member, a new team member who's going to be helping me get the Moonlighters Club to you and your friends. Uh, new team member, what's your name? Hello, everyone. My name is Funsha, and I, if you can't tell, I'm also a woman, so that makes this episode even more special. We got two for one. <laughs> yeah, uh, we went to Suffolk together, and we, Suffolk University in Boston, Massachusetts, that was pretty, that was pretty planned. But uh, yeah, we've been working together on various random stuff for the, like, on and off for like the past four years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yep. we, we did a campaign to get Boston to run their trains later. Which they did for a bit. <laughs> yeah, they did for about 12 minutes. Because yeah. Boston's a major city that shuts down at 12 o'clock, and we got a huge following. Uh, Ola, as some people may know her, and I worked together, and we decided, hey, let's do something. Let's yeah. pay these student loans somehow. Yes. Not with this, clearly, but... But let's figure something else out we can do on the side. And thanks to you, we do have our next guest, because you two are cousins, and to our guests, may I have you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, my name is Kemi. Nice to meet you, Kemi. Nice to meet you as well. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for coming. It's not the easiest thing in the world for us to get guests, so this one, it's, 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 it's easy at times, but sometimes it's just hard for people to respond to emails. But I would like to thank you for coming. No uh, where are you from? So I was born and raised in Providence, Rhode Island, okay. and right now I currently work in Boston. So I spend most of my time commuting here to Boston. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, uh, like my friend Ola, are you Nigerian? I am. I'm actually half Nigerian and half Liberian. Okay, I'm surprised. When I meet someone who's Nigerian, usually they let me know they're Nigerian okay. before I ask that. I'm just surprised that you're not like that is being known. Uh, which, uh, whatever, that's fine. You guys are the proudest... By far the proudest people on the face of the earth. For sure. That is and very true. <laughs> to some, I don't count as Nigerian because I'm only half. <laughs> really? You can't? Nigerians can be like Yeah. Can you claim one of the other? Like, I feel like if you're if you're black and anything else in America, you're black. You can be like, I'm black. You can say, no, I'm black. You're black and Asian, I'm like white. Yeah. You can say, I'm black. Does it work the same for a country nationality? You can just be well, like, they say I'm black. I say I'm Nigerian and Liberian. They say, oh, you're just black. <laughs> 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 Somebody told me that recently. I'm like, come I, on. <laughs> I'm happy. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> well, Kimmy, what we do here, we we talk about work and we talk about passion. Sure. So let's talk about work. What what do you do by day? Uh, so by day, I work in education. I work at UMass Boston, and my official title is a success coach. And so what that looks like is academic advising. So I'm an academic advisor, and I work with students coming from the Boston Public School System, and I help them acclimate into a four-year institution. Okay. Uh, one, I'm so sorry. That is going to be so stressful. No. Really? High school students? Well, they're, they're college students. Well, they're, mm. they're, okay. they're newly college students. So no, it's not. Also, oh, they're in the door. They're in the door. Yeah, right, there exactly. You go. Okay. Why... Why did you want to help people? Because I feel like in college, that's one thing I made clear is like, I like the idea of teaching, but mm-hmm. I can't deal with, I can't deal, no. Well, ironically, working in higher ed was always a dream of mine. Um, I just kind of put it on the back burner. So when I got here, or when I got to this point of achieving this goal, I recognized that this is like something I love doing. 
So it doesn't feel like a job or it doesn't feel stressful because I love it. Like I love working with people. I've always loved connecting and working with people and helping people essentially. Really? How does this, can it be bureaucratic more so than working? Well, I don't know if you've worked in like a corporate setting, but can it get really bureaucratic at times or? Yes. Well, working in higher ed is, there is a bureaucracy, yeah. but I just kind of, um, forget about the other stuff and I just, I love working with people. So connecting with my students is what gives me life, basically. Nice, is it a fairly stressful job, fairly? No, uh, working in higher ed is, I wouldn't say it's stressful. Um, again, because I love it, so it's not stressful. But it could be for someone. Right. Um, if there is somebody that doesn't like what they do, they would hate it. Okay, yeah. is it a job you take home or is it something? No, I definitely don't take it home. Really? So at 4.30, I am out of the door, and my phone is silenced. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always notice that when you work at a corporate institution, they're like, no, 5 o'clock, you guys go home. But it's like expected that we're supposed to take it upon ourselves to keep working on certain things on yeah. certain days. Do you get that same pressure in our education? They're like, no, oh, no, you don't have to work the weekend. But no, really. And I refuse to have that bleed over. I'm not taking this home with me. Really? Yeah. I admire that. <laughs> I have other things to do, and that's right. the thing. Like When I'm at work from 8.30 to 4.30, I'm at work. When I leave, I am doing all the other things right. that I want to do. <laughs> okay. All the other projects. So, yeah, that's important for me. How do you, Have you ever had to deal with, with a massive change? Um, for, from my point of view, for example, going to Suffolk, we went through a period where we had 58 different deans and (laughs) like board battles Mm -hmm. and just constant have you ever witnessed that that's when I learned about the politics of a school you know have you ever been around something like that in that institution or just Um, like infrastructure changes yeah Yeah. um hmm. well before here I was at Bristol Community College um, I mean, there's always changes. Yeah. But again, I don't know, like, just where I am at the point of, like, where I am in my life right now, that stuff, you know, I'm here to do my job and get my paycheck and do what I can and be positive, and then everything else is not my problem. What's the goal for someone in <laughs> higher ed? Like, the goal for, uh, I guess, most people is to keep getting promoted, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you get to a point where you can't get promoted anymore. Mm-hmm. Is it exactly the same? Or is there, like, a, what is a normal game plan? Well, personally, um, I would love to be a dean or like a chancellor or something of an institution um, because I love higher ed. But for other people, I think it looks different. I know a lot of people move around a lot within institutions so they can um, get to know how different institutions work and operate. But um, that would change. Goals change from person to person. You ever thought about teaching? Yes. And that is something that I will be doing. I do teach in different capacities. How so? Um, Well... Besides working at UMass Boston, I grew up dancing um, as a professional trained dancer. And so I do teach classes here and there. Were you in any famous music videos? Any Janet Jackson slash <laughs> no, Why is that really? what I thought with dancing? <laughs> <It's laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many people who dancing. Well, I've, I've done a lot of different things. I don't know really famous. I toured with, um, or I, would, I did some backup dancing with some reggae artists. Nice. That were, you know, pretty recognized. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you, can you still do that? Uh, yeah, part-time, here and there. Okay. Yeah, I still teach um, Afrobeat classes, or I'll teach um, kind of like 
Love on Top lap dance fitness classes for women getting married, celebrating their bachelorette parties. An essential class. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Very essential. Yeah. yeah, so I do. I did one dabble here and there. Yeah. It's my heart. So I do love, I'll always love dancing. I was going to ask this. Why does a school exist? Is it about, is it about helping people at the root, at the heart? Do you, after being in an institution, do you think it's really about keeping the doors open and keeping people, you know, it's the, keeping money rolling in? Or is, do you think majority of people that are there are like, no, I'm really here to like actually help? Because I know there are people there to help. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like, yo, I think this dude just kind of wants me to give him this check and then... Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I thought about this today. I feel like an institution is equivalent to um, kind of like a restaurant. There will always be patrons or students or people going through those doors because of the service that they offer. Right. So um, our world is based on education the same way that it's based on food so there will always be people going through those doors the people that work within the institution that may vary they're the reason why they're there varies but i think now more so than ever they are trying to develop more programs that are um that are for people of need you know so they're doing they're creating more programs that are opening up the access of you know students of color or disadvantaged students or international students to kind of go through those doors. Do you see yourself staying in this industry as far as if you had to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see myself maintaining a, a part-time position. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Do you see, what's your outlook on college in general? I have a very bleak one. It's interesting. <laughs> you said you have a very bleak one. I, you know, what I is think, your outlook? <laughs> I want to hear yours. I'm, I'm a history buff, right? So I feel like everything works in arcs. Mm-hmm. And right now, one of the few things we have left in the U.S. is education. Everyone comes here to get education. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, it is expensive at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just at times, but in And I, I don't know how that works, if it should be free. I'm not sure. Like the, I don't even, I can't grasp the economics of it. Mm-hmm. But... The way I feel about public education yeah. in this country and higher education, I just higher education seems like it's a bubble that could burst, mm-hmm. and public education seems like to me it's a thing that we may not even have mm-hmm. or it may not even be running well. Mm-hmm. So it's like good now, and I'm like, man, I just don't know what this is going to look like in exactly. 20 or 30 years. I, just, I get kind of scared. Yeah, I agree with you. Because like I want kids, but <laughs> it's easy right now to be like, that's not going to be my problem. Yeah. But if I have a kid, I'm like, damn, I kind of don't want exactly. them to get. Yeah, by the time your kid is ready to go to college, like. Tuition could easily just be like a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. yeah. Depending, I agree. With the way the costs are going up, so it's interesting. Yeah, but hopefully by that time, maybe we won't need higher ed. Really, mm-hmm. I don't know. You what do you think know. would be a good alternative to that? I mean, they're doing a lot of things with like technical schools, even though those yeah. are sometimes more expensive. But trades, yeah. the yeah. trades are becoming bigger. You know, honing in skills at earlier levels, coding, I know they're doing like right. coding in like yeah. elementary school. I think by doing things like that, we may not lean so heavily on, you know, going to college. That's to funny. Succeed. I was talking to my friend about that and I said, I wish I had just been a plumber. Like I just thought, you <laughs> just look, yeah. yeah. Or a welder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Welding, yeah. Yeah. it's welder, a lot of, yeah. yeah. They don't uh, tell you that in high school no, though. No, oh, come yeah. on, I agree. I, yeah. I had a guy, come, uh, a guy I met and he goes, uh, he's telling me how some welders are making like you didn't like 60, 70, exactly. 80 an hour yep. easily. I'm like, what am I? Why am I not welding out here, man? But yeah, HVAC, Mm -hmm. HVAC, all those, yeah, you're getting paid tons of money, especially now with the way technology's going. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna pay to just drive stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, just be a grunt because Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a robot who just does it free. So you gotta kind of get your skills up. Exactly. Well, speaking of traits, let's talk about 
your trade, quote unquote trade, or passion. Okay. What is your venture? Our venture is. Well, I'll try to focus it so I'm not going in different places. Focus on the one you like to talk about more than anything else. Sure. So right now, because it's for right now. (laughs) So right now I'm actually, or I've already done this. But uh, right now I produced a children's show called Playhouse Party TV. Nice. Yeah. And so um, I've been working on it for about a year. And the children's show, um, I'm look. I want it to just really like exude diversity and culture, and um, cultural competency, and um, just ex- exploration and just freedom and liberation. Yeah. So that's what the show encompasses. And um, it's myself. I play Miss Kemi, and um, I have a counterpart who is a huge panda named Puka. Nice. Like an actual. Like yeah, a, his name's Puka Panda. He's nice. stuffed. Is it real? Is this a real panda? You saw the. <laughs> he's a mascot, so he's in like full mascot gear. Yeah, so he's, nice. it's a person, and um, Puka Panda is played by Vincent Baskerville, who is a theater major, singer, dancer, everything, and um, he gets inside of the suit and he becomes Puka Panda. That's nice. Yeah. So how? What was the moment you're like, playhouse party? Like, where were you? Where were you? And you're like, this is it. Well, um, I come from a family uh, that partakes in entrepreneurial resources, so we were actually thinking about the next thing we should do as a family, and um, we settled on the idea of playhouse party, but it stemmed from different different ideas that we were kind of like throwing out. Oh, Kevin, why don't you do this? Why don't you do? This? Why don't you do that? So. Um, finally, it was like, oh, well, why don't you create a TV show? And so my cousin, and we're really, like, we're dreamers. So this sounds random, but this was a legit conversation. So my cousin's like, why don't you, like, utilize a green screen or something or um, get a studio and just film something? And I was like, okay. And so then after that, I went home and, um, I'm a hippie, so I went home and did some meditation and some just, like being still and I was thinking of what I wanted this show to be and Playhouse Party TV came to mind and I was just sitting on my bed just like humming and <laughs> creating this script and that's what that's how Playhouse Party manifested literally just from deep within my imagination and I'm like oh Puka Panda <laughs> you know and then while I'm like thinking about this the voices are coming and I'm like oh and I miss Kimmy like it's just literally like ADD like ADD like on crack like in my mind and so I just put that to paper I always loved writing and um, books and things like that so it was interesting how all my skills kind of came together at like this one place of this I guess this medium of Playhouse Party there's so much I can pull from so much <laughs> the fact that you meditated I think you're the first black person I've ever met who's actually meditating really? yeah, I think so I never I didn't never like maybe I don't know about, I think the worst neighborhood but it was an inner city neighborhood I never even like, yeah, I gotta go meditate on this stuff. like I gotta go think but no that's, I think so I love meditating and stillness and, and no I, I, I think it's extremely beneficial especially when you get time to just reflect and just breathe mm-hmm. controlled breathing in general yeah. you can your mind will go different mm-hmm. places but the thing that sticks out is that the fact that you have a family, a conversation with your family yes. about entrepreneurship, that is the nail on the head with me, I feel like. In most communities now in America, all the minorities that came here from various ways, 
it was all about getting something and then getting something for yourself. Mm -hmm. So whether you're black, Italian, Irish, whatever may have you, everyone had something that they could kind of call their own. Yeah. And then the next generation kind of just flipped it on its head. So everyone's just trying to work mm -hmm. for someone else. Mm -hmm. And that, especially in, in a black community, you have a lot of, you can't get a situation where you have a lot of revenue generated. Yeah, exactly. But there's no yeah. ownership. And I think yeah. it's the biggest thing is telling someone, yo, this is fine. Whatever you want to do, this is fine. Mm -hmm. But you can do something for yourself. Exactly. That's huge. Yeah, I agree. And my inspiration was my cousin who actually owns his own photo booth company. And he sustains himself and a family of five based on his photo booth company. That's crazy. Yeah. And vending so machines too. I heard that's like... Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah vending machines. So <laughs> what did... Now you think of this, you meditate on it, mm -hmm. and it comes to you. How do you even like get that going? Because I played around with friends writing like screenplays, right? Mm -hmm. Or like a sketch. Yeah. How do you even, what's the first thing you have to do for that? Well, um, I recognized, well, in my mind, I wanted everything to mainly come from me. And I didn't want to depend on other people until I had to. So uh, the first thing I did was um, write the script. Literally, I wrote the script. <laughs> and I never had experience with script writing. But I told myself that I'm not going to use that as a blockade. And I'm going to write the script the way how I see it in my head. And that's what I did. And so it was so weird that night because um, I also wrote a song for the show. I wrote a few songs for the show, but all of this was coming out of nowhere. It was God, literally, like it was coming out of nowhere. So like I'm on my bed just like, like, you know, humming to myself and I just started writing the music and recording it and it just came. And so I utilized again the resources I had. I had my computer, I typed, I typed out the script, and then I, I had my phone with the video um, recorder that was on it, and I just, you know, how do, and I just started singing, do, do, and then I just recorded it, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of decent. <laughs> See, I feel like that'd be hard because it's like, as in a, I think it's one of the, I don't know much about the industry, but I personally think mm -hmm. it's going to be super hard for someone to write for children, because... If I'm like anything, like mm -hmm. I always try to do it, it's about yeah. something I know about really well, right? Yeah. Y'all you know, make this rap song about like selling mm -hmm. drugs or like this <laughs> okay. movie about comedy or slipping and falling on stairs. And it's easy because you're yeah. making it for adults. It's in your own yeah. voice. You yeah. know their voice. But it, you're making something for someone who can barely even talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how do you even put a script down that you're like, it has to rhyme. And then kids <laughs> what's have a the, what's the age range for the kids? Is it like young kids? Yeah, or yeah. Like so from kids. zero to five. Okay. And so... The so it was so weird and I just felt so like I was overflowing with all this stuff and I recognized and I'm a believer, you know, so I firmly believe in God. And so I really felt like, you know, the Lord led me to that place and he used everything that I'd been through to get there. For instance, um, I grew up doing chorus. Okay. I never knew where that would be used for it in my life, but it was used in this place of Playhouse Party. I grew up dancing. You know, that helped because um, the premise of it is a party. We dance a lot in the show. Um, I grew up, oh, I got like a minor in like children's literature. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just liked kids. Right. So I got a minor in children's literature and that came in handy. Um, my friend actually purchased a mascot costume that he used um, for some advertising purposes in the past. I used that for Puka Panda's costume. You know, so I just recognized, or in that moment, it became clear that I have the resources were all leading to this product called Playhouse Party. Call it fate, call it the stars aligning, I don't know. But for me, it just felt like 
everything was here. I just had to hone it all in and kind of put it together. Now you write your script. Script's mm -hmm. done. How long did it take? Um, I think I wrote a few scripts. And um, we didn't... St so this was a year. Like, now it's complete. But I started a year ago. So the script didn't take long. Again, um, I, I used to love to write, so it wasn't hard. And it was all the stuff in my head. But it took a few hours. Like, I stayed up so late that night. So maybe, like, five hours. Um, I wrote that script, and then I put some... Like, I recorded myself singing a song that we would um, sing on the show. After that point, again, I said, I want to start within myself. I'm not going to say, oh, can you help me? And then nobody can. So I started recording. Like, I had an idea to have rolling footage of kids within the show. Who are you? Like, how is she? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's the first thing I did when I had ideas. Help me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the first. You can't ask for first. help. Yeah. Nobody's going to help you. And, and so I learned that independence because there was a time that I moved to Atlanta to dance professionally. And in that space, I recognize that nobody's looking out for you. No one at all. Not even the people back at home because they're too far. Yeah. You know, and so I recognize that if I want this thing, I need to do it by myself. Right. And then up until the last point is when you're like, oh, can you help me? You know, but you have to do it on your own. And so then after that, I went back to my cousin that has a photo booth company and he has equipment in abundance. And I asked him if I could use his camera to record footage of um, kids. And so the premise of the show is how to say hi in different languages. And so I started recording different children saying hi in different languages. So like all the, all the little kids and the little farts around me, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, can I use your daughter um, at the church? I'm like, oh, can I use this kid? And I, I actually typed up a, like a waiver form for using the underaged kids. But I just used people in my life. And I said, can I use your kid? Can I use your kid? And I just recorded them in their yard, in their their room, outside, just saying hi in different languages. And so I sat on that footage for about a few months. And in that time, I started just gathering resources, um, talking to people, seeing who's out there so I can comprise a great team. Because in my mind, I wanted to start, I wanted to end with the people I started with. And I wanted to like eat with the right people, if that makes sense. It does. I was, so, just, I was in a rap, so I know. Exactly, exactly right? <laughs> <laughs> so then finally, after all the different resources came together, so during this time of a few months, I was buying props. Like, like I would go in a store, and if I saw something that in my mind I saw in the playhouse, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that. So I would buy that and um, buy the outfits, just a little at a time, incrementally, you know, because I believe that you can make monumental moves or monumental change incrementally. So I did everything one small step at a time. And I also put bugs in people's ear and comprised my team, continued to record footage, and um, also write music, too. So if I was around a kid for a long span of time, I would say, let's sing together. And so then we would just sing. And so I would just like vibe off of them to get an idea of things that they like, things that they like to talk about, sing about, um, what makes them laugh. You know, so I was using everything as training to get me here at this point. Okay, see, first of all, you need to write a book. <laughs> yeah, right? I plan on doing stuff, that. A lot of this stuff that you're saying, yeah. it's very, that's, there's dollar signs behind it. <laughs> you need a manager right here. 
<laughs> but another thing I learned is the first thing I wanted to do when I like I started had an idea to start a business. Everyone does the same thing. You mm-hmm. just want to tell people because you're yes. just really excited that you. It's like literally, it's like having a child. Well, I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't know what that's like, but <laughs> yeah, it feels like what people look like when they hold babies. Yeah. But people like motion. It's like people mm-hmm. don't. They're not being mean. Like after a while, but when you put in work and mm-hmm. you start to move along, mm-hmm. people that just naturally actually it just attracts people to mm-hmm. you. It attracts people to the cause, yeah. to the product, sure. to the team. So mm-hmm. that's what I noticed. Like, man, you could tell people for weeks, but until they see something happen, exactly. you, you don't even have to really do anything. They'll just see mm-hmm. on like a news clipping or something. Like, oh my god, mm-hmm. and then you were doing this, exactly. or see like you you can do all this yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the there's there's nothing quite like it. It's odd. Actually. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. So now you get the footage together, you have your script. Do you, is your next, are you supposed to shop this thing around? I don't know how this works. Are you supposed to tell people or you just put it out there? Well, I held off on, you know, telling people because in the past I've told people things too soon, you know, so. I know all about that. You know, yeah. exactly. So um, I did help, I held off on doing that. So my next step was um, I had a few people that were interested in being a part of the crew. And so um, we just met up. I printed out the scripts. I didn't want them doing a thing. I printed out scripts. I actually gave them them non-disclosure forms because I don't want anybody stealing anything. Um, Printed out the scripts, and we did a read-through. And I just read it through um, with me doing all the voices, literally, because Puka Panda wasn't there that day. And um, I asked them what they thought. And it was so odd because... They fell in love with it initially. Like, they loved it like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's cool. But then they had certain qualms with it. And so I made changes to the script after that. But I made sure that it was still coming from my heart. Um, And then from there, we just started filming. Nice. So throughout all of this, how's work going? Um... Work's cool. <laughs> How was it when you were That's a lot of, like, there were points, like, working on, when I work on my app, and uh, there there are definitely days where I don't have to do as much as the next, because mm-hmm. most of it's really planning until the mm-hmm. product is done, but you're yeah. you're so into the product, yeah. but, like, and your mind has to be there. Mm-hmm. When you're at work, are you there once this, once this thing comes, or, like, how... What's your focus like now? So, right now, at UMass, my spirit is like I'm searching for stability. But before that, yeah. that was when I was building this thing. I wasn't necessarily stable, but I was okay with that. Like yeah. um, work was fine, but I was still transitioning um, because again, as I mentioned, I moved back from Atlanta. I was dancing professionally and I moved back home because of an injury. And so I returned maybe in 2014 or something, I think 2014 later. And so then from that point, I was still transitioning. Okay. You know, So I was working but still transitioning. Yeah. So work is cool, but um, I I don't know. I, some of that time I was working full-time, some of that time I wasn't because I didn't have to. Um, but work was fine. It was literally just me. Like, I had to pay the bills and bounce back from, right. you know, the losses, the financial losses in Atlanta. So, yeah, work is okay. While you're coming up with the script and then mm-hmm. doing footage, mm-hmm. how often do you look at your computer at work? Like, God, I wish I was not here right now. Or, like, we have to drop in emails, like, oh, it'd be dope with a panda to the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm a firm believer, and I, I coined this recently, but I'm a firm believer in maximizing my time. So, there. So, you really need to write a book. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people can learn from you to be like, this is, I'm here now, so I'm going to focus on this now, and then I'll focus on that then. Because if you have, like, a passion mm-hmm. like that, 
I just feel like you only want to focus on, on that, that passion. Yeah. But I recognize that you can't just focus on the passion because you got to eat. And That's most of true. the time, that passion is not allowing you to eat. Yeah. And when I was in Atlanta, I realized that my passion was not allowing me to eat. So <laughs> I needed to stop the passion. Or yeah, that's actually, a bad passion in Atlanta. Things are real cheap. You can fry chicken for like two dollars. <laughs> it, it is real cheap, but it's still very expensive. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah, you know, yeah. but you do have to eat, and so I'm a firm believer in maximizing time. So like I carry like a lot of things to write stuff down. Okay. So like literally, there are times I'm in the middle of doing something. And I get, like, an idea. <laughs> and I usually, like, laugh or giggle or something to myself. Like, very ADD. Like, I feel like I have undiagnosed ADD. But I'll just write it down. Or I'll draw it or something. Or put it in my phone. Or I'll break away from the group and, like, record the song. Because a lot of times the inspiration was, like, music. Like, mm-hmm. children's music, too. So I'll just break away and just, you know, sing in my phone real quick and save it. And then come back. So that has helped. And, again, maximizing the time. Because I have to make this money in order to fund this passion. Right. Yeah. Have you heard of Google Keep? I know. My friend told me yeah. about that. I still have to download it. It's amazing. I use it on my computer. I just have different windows up. Mm-hmm. But it's just a bunch of little post-it notes. And you can label them for whatever you want to label. And it's just so... I, it's hard to write, for me to write full sentences in general. Mm. So I just need to like... Just cook steak it. tonight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, or like, perfect. oh, this. Yeah. As soon as stuff comes, I have to like perfect. write it. I'm going to download it. Davey told me to download it. So right. I have to do it. That's two people, so I definitely have to do it now. Now, as your momentum's <laughs> building with mm-hmm. with uh, Playhouse Party TV, mm-hmm. do you find yourself less enthused about being at work? Not like your job is bad, but mm-hmm. you know, are you like, man, I really wish I was not here at Playhouse um, Party? Not at all, actually. Um, again, like I'm a believer that like everything that's going on is like kind of leading to this. To this culmination of Playhouse Party TV. So like going to work, commuting, I met somebody that said they're going to like help me with my website and make it for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I believe that everything is helping me. Right. You know, you should so... meet that dude in a public place because that just sounded... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my friend. It's my computer real friend. Okay. You know? <laughs> it's my legit friend. And we've spoke, we've talked about like this project and they're um, an engineer, software engineer at DD. Yeah. And he said he's going to help so it's legit you know okay. but um I actually find myself um I've, I've recently now that this whole thing is is coming to fruition I found myself very nervous about the project what's up what's that I don't know it's just you know because it's like because now you have to actually show it to more people now like is it because <gasps> all right you finished this mm-hmm. and now it's time to like launch it launch it in a way like you know like, if you were pregnant, like, the nine months are up, and now it's time to actually have the baby, and now it's, like, now or never. Yeah. Do you have a personal attachment to the, the reception of this? Well, I'm in a period in my life where I am um, working on respecting other people's opinions and not being <laughs> offended by it. Yeah. So I think that when I, re- when I release it, the negative that will come back will be a part of this process, yeah. this healing process and this growing up tough skin process. So... Yeah. That that was that was that was tough for me at first, and then I just realized like it's. I guess I'm a little different though. This is, what I'm doing is more of a business, and the mm-hmm. more the longer I guess it's kind of weird. It's the longer it's taken me to do it, the more I had the chance to step back. Mm-hmm. Before it's like something like I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like you're stupid, mm-hmm. get out, you know. And now it's just kind of like look, you're not the target, yeah. or this isn't for you. Yeah. This is a business for me. Yeah. But 
if I were writing something or creating something, anything I do that's creative, mm-hmm. like I came up with a logo. So mm-hmm. if I was like, let's see a logo. It actually like hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a logo yeah. I made. Yeah. I made that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you see that becoming uh, not really a recurring issue, but huh. you see that just being part. Like this is this is like it's something you actually did birth. Like, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like. Can you separate yourself from this emotionally? Mm-hmm. Because I'm working, like I'm working on this in different areas of my life. So now with this, it will be able to solidify that I'm growing up, and I need to be okay with the fact that everyone's going to have their own opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, and I connect it back to like work. So like at my job, if I create something, my boss may have insight, and she may say, "Oh, we'll change that. It doesn't look good." But that's helping me to build that tough skin, even with Playhouse Party. If I send it out and somebody's like, oh, that doesn't look good, I'll be like, okay, well, I respect it. And that's it. So it's, everything is coming together. I think I'll be able to, to deal with the critiques. What would be, <laughs> what would be a next big milestone for this? Um, well, so we are going to launch it. Again, I'm trying to spend as less money, as, as, as little money as possible. So it's going to be released via YouTube. After that, I will be touching base with agents and you know, sending this out to them. Um, I've had some communication with like Sesame Street and things like that. So I'm open to whatever, you know, but I'm not, I don't want it to just sit on YouTube. You know, um, I'm going to make the effort to send this or share this with as many portals and platforms as possible. So if I can get Playhouse Party on Noodle, which is a resource that they use within the schools um, where they house um, shows that are targeted to kids, that would be awesome. You know, if somebody... I like Noodle. You, do you know what it is? Backyard against. Exactly. <laughs> he still won't be watching that. Right now, but <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. Because he's going to watch Playhouse Party TV, you know, so it's okay. But yeah, so um, I have so many milestones. Nice. But I'm, I'm just hoping that this is not duplicated, and I'm hoping that it's received and it's given a platform to, uh, you know, change the lives of kids and their families. So I have a question. When you mentioned it not being duplicated, so mm-hmm. did you have to, I don't know, like if you would have to copyright or something, mm-hmm. go through a legal process? How mm-hmm. was that, like trying to navigate all of that? Because was this your first time having to do that for a video project? Um, yes. And I'm still actually navigating that. Right. So I will get back to you. Okay. But I did. I spoke to somebody who's an actor actually in um, L.A. who's a friend of mine, and he said, make sure you um, secure your content because it will be duplicated. Yeah. yeah. So. so if you're listening out there, secure your content. It will be duplicated. It will be stolen. Yeah. Let's get a good lawyer. Or... I don't know. Get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go to legal zoom or something. No. How are you sleeping through all of this? Like, How am I sleeping? Oh, very well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't I be sleeping? Because it's a lot. Because of the work. Yeah. Because of. Um. So I'm very creative. So, in the like, I was doing this Playhouse Party TV, but mm-hmm. I was also like, people hire me to do performances and things. Like dance performances. Yeah. So like in the meantime I was still dancing. Huh. In the meantime, what else was I doing? I do a lot of things. Yeah. And so I can't function if I'm just like at a lull. So this stuff allows me to sleep better at night. Really? Yeah. What's the one thing you think stuff what activity or faction of your life do you think you do less of now? 
because of it. Yeah. I would say, um, like, social things that really have nothing to do with this purpose. Right. You know, so, like, I don't really club a lot. I don't at all. But a lot of my friends still do. So sometimes they'll invite me to, like, social events. And if it doesn't edify, if it doesn't edify this cause, then I don't do it. And so I think, well, I know that people think I'm more antisocial. But um, not so much. I just like to do things that are edifying. Like, if I'm going out, I need to enjoy myself because then I'll be able to create more. Yeah. If, like, I'm good mentally with where I am. Now, if it's boring and I don't want to be there, then that's, like, negative. So it's bringing my psyche down. So it's not helping me produce, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you ever have moments of the day, not when you're at work, but, like, when you're not working on this, where you're like, I should be working on this? Mm. I feel like every minute I'm not working on my business, I'm, like, losing something. Hmm. Well, I compartmentalize. So if I'm not working on this, I'm, I'm working on something else. Okay. So I... I organize all the projects I'm working on, and I allocate specific time frames to work on it. So there are times that I'm not working on Playhouse Party, um, but I'm working on something else. <laughs> so you view that light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the hardest thing about creating it? Does um, one thing stand out? You're like, man, I can't. The hardest thing I would say was trying to adhere to whatever social standard, whatever standard. And there were a lot of different ones. For instance, um, I wanted to play the main character because I felt like I was totally capable of doing so. Right. But there was a time that I wasn't sure if somebody would see me as Miss Kemi. And I had to tell myself, who cares? You know, and then there was another time that with Miss Kemi, I like shortened it to Miss K because I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to be able to say my name because Kemi's a Nigerian name. They won't be able to say it. Then I'm like, struggle. yeah, who the, who the heck cares? Yeah. So then there was another time, but I'm like, well, I want Miss Kemi to have natural hair because I have natural hair, but will they receive it? Will, you know, the uh, child of color connect to Miss Kemi or will they think that the hair texture is daunting? So then that was another thing that was a struggle. So there was just layers of adhering to things that I had to literally like throw out the window and keep moving forward you know because if I would have stopped I would have still been in that place like oh well I miss Kemi can't be miss Kemi because they're not gonna say your name right I'm so glad you said that there was there was, <laughs> there was a I had a conversation with my brother and someone else about this years ago prior to us coming up with any kind of business ideas and we he was more along the lines of if I create something, I'm going to put a white face on it. Mm -hmm. yes. I, I can't. Yeah. No one's yep. going to like it. Exactly. And I'll never forget, I was working somewhere and that good friend who had just gotten his master's in accounting and I would just come up with a business idea. I'm like, yo, I'm just going to hire. It's going to be me and my boys from back mm -hmm. in Boston. Mm -hmm. And he whispered me, he goes, if you hire them for black people, you will never make any money. You and see? he was an older yeah. guy. And yeah. I'm like, at, yeah. and before, I'm like, look, I don't believe that. Only because, not that I, I just dismissed the notion. It's a real notion. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I don't want to put that in my head because I'm going to think it's really real and yeah. I, I run with stuff like that. Yeah. But now I'm just like, fuck it. Exactly. I'm going to put it out. Literally, if people don't like it, like... I'm just going to be angry. Like, <laughs> like, like people are fucking my business and I figure like that's what I'm getting, yeah. then it's just going to be known. Like mm -hmm. if that's, I'm going to work as hard as I can, but if that comes up, I'm going to let people know like this is what's up. Exactly. Yeah. You're just going to have to deal with me. I agree. Every single day. I agree. Same. That's what Miss Kemi said. Definitely. I definitely think like as minorities, it's really important for us to have that Final say that final control just because, mm -hmm. like, for 
my mom, she's an accountant. She has her own business, and um, she went to go make brochures and stuff. And the person that she was working with um, for the brochures, the um, the graphic designer is a white person. Mm -hmm. So, like, when she showed me the brochures and stuff, it's a white woman on it. And it's just, like, some, mm -hmm. like, big stock photo. And I was mm -hmm. just like, why is it a white woman? Exactly. Like, I, like, I was just like, what is this? She's like, I don't know. It's what mm -hmm. the person, like, is. Yeah. The person did. But it's just, like, one of those things where if you don't have that control, they're going to put a white face on mm -hmm. it or, like, put a white name on it or something mm -hmm. like that. I but agree. if it's yours, I like, you know, do what you want. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be if. I'm in this business. Like the goal of it is to make money, but it's really to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. I feel like for mm -hmm. most entrepreneurs, and you're if you gotta be happy with whatever comes out, mm -hmm. even if it fails. Mm -hmm. If it's what you wanted, you're gonna sleep. Mm -hmm. If you cater it and it made millions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. to meet someone else's demands, you're never really gonna exactly. feel as fulfilled. I yeah. agree. Like I if someone agree. gave you some lyrics, I was like, no, I'm just gonna use these for all the songs, mm -hmm. and he was. Or she was right, and you get it blown up. You're not yeah. gonna feel. I like, agree. Yeah. This I is actually, you. I actually had somebody that was working on the sound with the work. He actually found somebody that writes her own lyrics, and he was like, "Oh, can we check her out? Because um, maybe she can help you take the strain off of writing." Yeah. I was like, "Okay, cool." So I went and I checked it out. But again, I don't want you know Jody Beth singing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wanted, I want to sing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I want yeah. it to come from a person of color, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I get it. I agree. And I'm really trying to stay the course with um, just staying true to myself and my heart and this passion. What was your greatest, what was your greatest accomplishment? When did you get a chance to actually bask in the glory of Dallas Party TV? When you took a step back, mm -hmm. you never felt like that. And you're like, oh, snap, this is real. Um, I would say when I did the sit down with the crew and we were sitting around the table and um, I did, I think it was a read through or I recorded myself doing a read through and I played it for them and they had the script and then at the end it was a song and then it was over and I was waiting for their insight and everybody was just like, wow, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Like, it felt good. Like, dang, they like my stuff. Like, they like it. You know, like, yeah. it was interesting to see those steps of this thing that lived in my head finally come to life. You know, and so then again, one step further, when we were done filming and um, we put the real screen, because it's a green screen, so there's like a fake screen in the background, kind of like a Blues Clues type of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we put the real background on it, I had to like take a step back. And I'm like, wow, like this is what I envisioned in my mind. Like it's coming to life. Like this is it. You know, and it was so surreal um, to see that. So those are my two moments. Cool. And what, before we, get to, before we head out, mm -hmm. what one thing can you tell an aspiring entrepreneur or current entrepreneur, one thing they should not do in regards <laughs> my face so, no, this, is, this is I would tell and I try to tell as many people and they hate when I say this don't expect your, don't expect somebody to give you a handout with whatever you're aspiring to whether it's school this dream uh, app whatever it is that you're working on do not expect handouts just like know that you have to it has to be blood, sweat, tears, money, sacrifice, and then more blood, sweat, tears, money, and sacrifice to attain that thing. Because the second you think that somebody is going to come and hand you your dream and hand you 
this thing that you want, the second you think you have that privilege, you've already lost. Actually, you lost way back there. Yeah. So that's what I would tell whomever. And it's like real talk. It's like real deal. Like, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Like, you got to work for this. Nothing comes easy, and you need to make those sacrifices. And if you're not making sacrifices, then you're not working hard enough. And I had to learn that. And that's why I try to share this with other people out of love and um, out of respect and um, out of edifying them in, in hopes that they do attain their dream as well. Well, that was pretty deep. So where can people find you? Where we know the name of the show, you can yes. repeat it. Where are some channels that people can reach out to you? Sure. Where should they look to find you? Okay, so there's a few. So get your pens, your papers, and your phones. So you can find stuff relating to Playhouse Party TV at Playhouse Party TV, and that's Instagram. Or you can go to PlayhousePartyTV.com. But if you're, interesting, if you're interested in getting to know me or looking at my Instagram or whatever, you can find me at iDreamAnyway. So I-D-R-E-A-M, anyway. Or you can search online, Kemi, K-E-M-I, last name Omisori, O-M-I-S-O-R-E. And I also dibble and dabble in devotionals and all things love and Christ and motivation. Nice. Actually, we had another Moonlighter guest who does devotionals all the time. Awesome. I have to watch that. Check that out. (laughs) Well, thank you. This was actually really inspirational. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Oh, cool. You weren't as, like, sad as most of you. Oh, I didn't cry. I was supposed to cry. (laughs) (laughs) So, when your book hits, keep us posted. I will. Definitely. When the show comes. we got to have you back when the show is, like, out. Yeah, And you got to bring the panda. I will. I'll bring the panda. He'll come and dance. We'll all dance together <laughs> well again thank you Kimmy very much uh, thank you Ola as well uh, and for all our listeners feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or you are, would like to be on the show we would love to have you moonlightersclub at gmail.com uh, you can find us on Facebook Twitter Twitter's Club Moonlighter Facebook something Moonlighters Club or reach out if you know someone that you think would be a great fit for the show as well and again we'd like to thank you all for joining us for another episode and we're going to see you next time Bye. Goodbye. Bye.